Matthew 6, 23 to 34. You know, when I was a scout, did you imagine I was a scout? Lord, I can't even imagine it. But anyway, I know I, I, know I had a nice uniform as a cub. I remember my green cap and all my little badges I would get for my good works. I don't even remember what they were, but they were little stars that we used to get for being good little cubs. Where was I going with that? Who knows? Let's go to Matthew 6, 23 to, 20 to 34. And the Bible reads, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. You want a title in case you're making notes? Part three, so I don't misquote because I've got so many messages I'm busy working through. Maintaining revival spiritual integrity. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. What's this got to do with revival? Everything. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into the barns. This is very important. For your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more value than they? How much value do you allow God to put on you. Do you understand how valuable you are to God? It's very important that you understand you are value to God. He went to great lengths to get us saved. Verse 27. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, for they neither grow. What? How they grow. Lord Jesus, help me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's the team's fault. I think I should go home now because I'm just really enjoyed the Lord. Where were we? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. What? Is that right? 
and they neither toil nor spin. No labor. No labor. That doesn't mean you don't do anything. It means you learn to live out of your spirit and let the Word of God work for you. Hello? Don't stone me now. It's because I'm preaching the real stuff here. So why do you worry about clothing? Verse 29. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? And then he makes a profound statement, O you of little faith. Worry, little faith. Worry, little faith. Worry, little faith. Midget. Can't carry much. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Verse 32. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. So he says the Father knows that already. So we're speaking on maintaining revival spiritual integrity. There were two things when we came to Durban in 1995 that the Lord said to us, he said, one would be there would be a spiritual revival. Two, he said there will be an economic revival. The two are inseparable, but everybody chases the first one, which is right. But there's a whole capacity to understand walking in the second one. And so I want to show you from the Word of God tonight, categorically, you walk in both realms. Okay, I'll show you from Scripture. The Bible says, by two or three witnesses, a truth is established. So, I want you to have revival in the economic realm as well. Amen. But he says that when he, when he speaks in verse 33... He says, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of them. Then he gives you the key for opening economic awakening. Seek the kingdom. You say, well, you say that about everything. That's right. Seek the kingdom. And you'll see from Scripture that I will give you that the seeking opens the economic awakening. Because there's a spirit of lack that has been loosed in the earth. And it 
is and will continue to intensify in causing lack. Financial. How many of you sat down and looked at building a five million rand house and see what your repayments are? In my estate, you cannot build a house for under five million. Well, you can build a pandok. I don't know if they'll pass the plans. Are you with me? So, the Lord said, take no thought. How do young people get property? Answer me. Well, they wait for the old man to die, and, they, and if that old sucker lives till 95, what happens then? <laughs> My family's asking me to live till 90. Now, I'm not in agreement, but they're going to wait a long time for the inheritance. Come on. Come on, family. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, stop worrying. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of the things for itself. Then he makes a profound statement. This is Jesus talking. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Faith works now, not tomorrow. Did you hear what I said? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. In its simplest form, revival starts with a resurgence in man's heart for the love of God's Word. That's where it starts. That's where it ends. And that love for His Word is to take us away from distractions. The church, by and large, has vision for about a week. Come on, family. The Word, just to repeat these things, the Word is your instruction manual. So listen when the Word comes. Because it's the instruction for economic awakening. Now, if you're not walking in the Spirit with God, you're not going to hear these things. Watch this. It's the mirror. So when you go, it's the instruction manual, manual but it's also the mirror. When you look at that Word, you see yourself and you can determine where you are, not condemnation. Reality. 
The Bible says every enterprise built by wise planning becomes strong through common sense and profits wonderfully by staying abreast of the facts. So God's into enterprise. In Luke 19, he says, he's speaking specifically, Jesus is speaking specifically about commercial transactions. It is not a spiritual context. When he speaks and gives the ten minnows to the ten servants. You with me? So, Matthew 6, 25. What you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. There was a time in my life where I had to wear suits. When I asked for a suit, okay, you know what a suit is, okay? I had to wear suits, and I went. I used to buy my suits from an Indian guy because he gave me good prices. Juve does deal with Indian. Good deal. Come on. And he said this to me as a young man. I said, you know what? I won't give his name. He might still be around. I said, you know what? I, I'm making you rich. I've always got to come here and buy my suits from you. He says, that's because you work for a boss. There's nothing I can do about it. But look at me. And he was walking around in jeans. He says, I'm making money in jeans and slops. I used to get changed in his bedroom. Only I was allowed to. The other people had to go to the dressing room. I'd, got, I'd given him so much money, I think he gave me favor. <laughs> but I want you to hear the point. He said, you have to perform a certain way because you don't determine your destiny. I mean, I'm putting it together in a different way now, but that's essentially what he was saying. And so we just went, go there and make him rich. That's what happened. So what I want you to see here tonight is that what I might say at the very least is going to be unusual for you. And people get nervous with the unusual. This is not quick rich. God doesn't work that way. It's not a slot machine in the kingdom. But it's a sure prosperity. So revival is a process. Well, before I go there, Matthew 6, 25, what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. They are essentials. Those things are essential for life. But they, in Jesus' eyes, they are not prioritized in the context of kingdom life. You didn't hear me, did you? You see, we prioritize what we're aware. There's nothing fundamentally wrong with that. But I want you to watch your father. I want you to watch the king. 
He says that's not even important. Why? Because he says it's taken care of. Well, how come my cupboard's bare? Lack of faith. Seed sowing. Revival is a process. Can you say process? To transition you into full restoration. That's what revival does, and I'll show you from Scripture. In the economic context, and obviously you read some of, we read some Scriptures this morning which would quantify that as well. Now this might shock you. Revival is tied to restoration. Period. The Holy Ghost is the agent of restoration. In the kingdom of God, when revival comes, so does increase. You cannot have revival and no increase. It doesn't work. It's inconsistent with Scripture. When the little boy came with the fish, what do you think was happening? A revival was taking place on the side of the hill, and they had to be fed. Jesus can't say one thing and then not do it. What did he do? He fed them. He'll feed us. He knows we need to eat. We know good to him dead in heaven. Hello? Are you with me? He's not seeing if he can starve us out. Well, where do we get this junk? You with me? I'm, I'm just happy with my little bit. Oh, God, have mercy on you. <laughs> multiplying. It's multiplying. Because revival has to improve the quality of life that you currently live. God cannot tell you, don't worry, but you spend your life worrying how to pay the bills. Now, God's not wrong, so you must be. You stone me afterwards. Let me get the message out. In the context, remember we're talking about maintaining revival's spiritual integrity so that we understand the word is truth. It does not lie. Our latter state is to become significantly better than our original state. I am a living work in progress of that statement. I came into the kingdom in the red. And I worked God's word. See, the word of God is currency. If you've got the word, you can buy anything if you can believe it. You better get this, because I live this way. This is not a theory. This is Bible truth. Exodus, here we go. 
Bump your neighbor, say, here we go. Now listen. Tell him, listen. You might learn something tonight. Come on, did you tell them that? Help your neighbor. The Bible says esteem your neighbor greater than yourself, so you should be telling your neighbor. Amen. Amen. Exodus 22, verse 1. Oh, I think he's getting in the wrong place now. He's going to the Old Testament. We don't believe in tithing. Well, I'm going to give you the good news that I'm not talking about tithing. You all feel better now. Listen. Maybe I should put these glasses on. Listen to me. We're talking about revival brings restoration. Revival brings restoration. Okay? Watch this. If a man steals an ox or a sheep, and slaughters it or sells it, he shall restore five oxen for the ox. Multiplication. Restoration in action. Under the law, how much more? The New Testament. If he steals a sheep, Four sheeps. Not worth stealing. Expensive job. Come on. This is in the Bible. Well, maybe I should give you verse 2. It's not quite restoration. If the thief is found breaking in and he is struck so that he dies, there shall be no guilt of his blood. Whatever happened to human rights? I want you to see. What are we looking at? Restoration. When the enemy steals, when the thief, who's the thief? The devil. When he steals, when he steals, the Bible says in Proverbs 6.30, I think it's Proverbs 6.30, he will restore. He will restore who? The devil. Seven times. Already from Exodus, it's increased. It gets gooder. You better listen, family. Don't you dare complain to God about a spirit of lack. You have. Within your hands, the currency of the kingdom of heaven. Good Lord, half my goods are throwing around here. <laughs> These are all my markers because they don't give me enough. Look at this one. This is an interesting one. In September the 3rd, 2000, <laughs> Sanctuary Christian Fellowship. This was a brainstorm we had and delivered on Sunday the 4th of the 9th, 2000. We're still working it. Huh? 
I never tire. <laughs> I just keep going because God is God. I want you to see Job 42. Let's go to Job. Oh, yes, we know about Job. <gasps> that poor old soul. Well, let me show you what happens to Job. If you feel like you want to live in Job's house, you've got another thing coming. Watch this. What happened to Job? He's before Psalms. Job 42. Watch this. Job 42, verse 10 and 11. Remember what happened. His words. He offered up sacrifice. He was speaking doubt and unbelief. That's why the Lord said to him, to the devil, because he was up there with the Lord, have you considered my servant Job? Why? Because God is so righteous, he cannot hide things that are wrong. He will come to us and tell us to rectify it. And if we fail, eventually it will be made public. That's what happened here. Okay? So now Job has gone through all kinds of sickness and all, all his family's gone and everything's happened. But the Bible says that he came to his senses and the Lord restored to Job's losses, restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had. Twice as much. Then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. And each one gave him silver and gold. Who do you think was behind this? These were the same people that ran him down. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Let's take an inventory of his wealth. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. I nearly said daughters. <laughs> but he did, the Bible says in verse 13, he also had seven sons and three daughters. Poor old Job, they say. I'll be poor old Job any day. Come on. You see, if you don't let the Word instruct you, and you listen to men talking garbage because of their unbelief and lack of faith, they dish up that slop to God's people because it makes them look good. 
then they're not accountable. Let's go to the New Testament. The New Testament elevates restoration to an even higher level. Ready? Mark 10, verse 29 to 30. Let's read it. Let's watch revival. What is revival? Revival is putting God's things first and foremost. 10, 29 and 30. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. Seek first the kingdom. My sake. Seek first the kingdom. My sake. I think it's Brother Leroy Thompson, if you've ever listened to him. Great man of God from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He says education has failed us. Why do we have so many unemployed graduates? Thirty. Who shall not receive? How much? Thank you. How much is a hundredfold? Not multiply, fold. Overflow. A hundredfold. Now in this time, houses and brothers, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be lost, and the last will be first. That's how the young adults get their land. You better get this. Don't look at your pay packet. We did a number, son, yesterday afternoon on 5 million at a rate of 13%. What was the repayment? Can you remember? The price of 5 million, will you will pay 14 million, right? Over 20 years. You will pay 9 million in interest. The world system is geared for lack. God tells you how to get houses. Plural. Who owns the earth? God. Now don't get stupid about this. Get the word in you. It means you forsake all. And that doesn't mean you have to go to the ministry. It means when he prompts you listen and you do, no matter how incremental and small that step may seem. God first. Now, whatever you do with this is your business. But I'm not going to tell you anyway. 
Sorry, I just said, no, go on now, so I'm going on here. God multiplies when he restores. God multiplies when he restores. God multiplies when he restores. You're not getting this. God multiplies when he restores. And the process of that restoration is spiritually growing in your heart through the word. That's what facilitates and enables him to bring about the increase. God is not simply increasing the glory in the New Testament church family. Because we quote the scripture, and it's right, we move from glory to glory. He's seeking, this is God, he's seeking to restore, listen carefully to me because I'm closing on this. That's, I don't know what's wrong with that clock. Can somebody stop it? We're seeking to restore the church to a state of being more powerful, more majestic than the early church. Because there's a promise in Joel, the latter the latter, we're in the latter days. That's where we're living, in the latter days. Whatever the world has seen from the church, that majestic reality and glory has got to become a reality today. This is not a preach. I love this stuff. If they had taught me better, I would have got there a lot quicker. I want you to hear tonight. This is not a game for me. God brought you here to hear the world has no right to withhold property from you because the earth and the fullness belongs to God. Don't tell me these things are impossible. The Lord wants me to go somewhere and I'm holding out because I don't want to give you too much of my private business. How many of you know the congregation is very nosy about what the pastor does? <laughs> that scripture, when we left Johannesburg, we sold our house. We got to Durban, and the houses, the real basic ones, were double our price, our purchase price up there, just over double. 
so the money that came out was insufficient. And then the Lord said, take the money and sow it into the church. Here's Mr. Faith Preacher renting a house from a nice house. Nearly paid for when I left. Mark 10, I went to the throne room. Mark 10, God. I don't have time to unpack the whole thing. But God gave the first property. Then he said to me, I was in prayer one day. I was not praying about property. He said to me, there will be three houses and then you will start the work in the United States of America. You better listen to your father. So, my wife, I gave her the news, and as good wives will do, hit the road, look for a house. And she looked. And she came back, she said, the prices are ridiculous. Because we're raising three kids. I go back to the Lord. He says, I didn't tell you to leave this house. I told you to put one on top. That's your second house. So we did that. Wasn't long after. We recovered. We made good money on our house. We sold in an upmarket. And then the third house came. Now, let me help you here. We built the house in Sambiti. And there were many steps of listening to God. We're now building a townhouse for ourselves in the United States of America because land is authority. I don't want to pay no hotel I don't live in B&Bs unless I'm going on the road trip like I'm going. Do you understand? Because when I do the will of God, you don't want to hear what the price is. Because you might break down and cry. Because <laughs> I'm building in dollars. Any idea what the rate of exchange is? I want you to see God. Land is God's. There are young people sitting here. Don't scheme. You scheme, you'll scheme yourself right out. Get the mandate of God and begin the principle of seed time and harvest. Sow into other people's bonds. Use the principle of God. See time and harvest. Now, there are other land stories that I can tell you about that have happened for us personally. And the new ones that he's releasing, now you really know. <laughs> but you can be happy it's in this country. 
I want you to see, it can sound arrogant. It's not arrogant. How are you going to get it? Now you put, you peg it where your faith is. Now if you can't believe God to balance your budget, believe that first. Believe that first. But there's an economic awakening. I was telling the, some business people on Thursday, we absolutely obliterated our target this past year. And that growth over the previous year was over 32%, 33%, somewhere around there. Don't tell me this doesn't work. But I've got a 40-year track record with God. Money doesn't control me. I give it away as quickly as God tells me to give it away. It's never controlled me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in the ministry. Many men have not come to the ministry because of money. But God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will reap. See, so God doesn't want us to toil, to toil, to toil. It's not God. Now, you're not going to start out by buying a 10 million house. Not likely. Because if you can't believe for 2 million, you're definitely not going to believe for a 10 million. But God will grow you. He will grow you. This is not a slot machine. This is about awakening, seeking first the kingdom. Did you notice Jesus said, and those who follow me, that's when the blessing comes. Those little things where we're disobedient and we don't do what the Lord says. Don't try and play catch up. The crop's gone. You lost the crop. You've got to start anew. Oscar Farmer, he can't say afterwards, wow, I should have planted, man. That crop's gone. That season's gone. He's got nothing because he didn't plant. Are you with me? And you'll find with God that as the blessing grows, you've got to stay closer than ever before because it can contaminate you. Don't begrudge. Don't what? Begrudge. Small beginnings. I don't care how poor your family were. My father was a drunk. Not proud of it. Thank God he got saved in his latter life. But if I'd waited for an inheritance, I'd still be waiting. Long time. But I've got another inheritance. My true Father from heaven, He doesn't lie. He also likes wine. The new wine. Come on. Come on, family got to hear these things. This is not a game. It's real. The world doesn't tell you how you should live. And it can seem arrogant. 
That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about resolute in God's Word that nothing will move us from what He has said. Nothing. Nothing. So God wants to release land if you fulfill that condition. Every young adult here, what you birth in faith, it applies to every age group, but what you birth in faith, the devil cannot take. What you work by the arm of the flesh, he can steal. He cannot steal what is birthed in faith. If you keep your faith strong, you will find the devil goes somewhere else. This is not a game for me. This is not a game. I am sick and tired of God's people battling because they don't listen because it's so simple but then they don't listen and God says one thing and they add to it or they subtract don't do that family don't do that you're in competition with nobody This is your race. There is a grace for your race. 